Hi, I'm Lisa Metropolis for Kaiba Health and Life here in downtown Flint at the historic Ferris Wheel building, the old Ferris Brothers building. Uh, and I am here with our very good friend, kind of a local Flint hero uh, and uh, soon to be a, a statewide hero for many, many writers, Connor Coin, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Connor, you are the director of Gothic Funk Press, mm -hmm. and uh, you partner with the Flint Festival of Writers. You are also an author a few times over, many mm -hmm. times over, actually. So uh, we want to talk about the writing process and how writing is so beneficial mentally and uh, in, in, in physically in so many ways and, and what it's done for you. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. I want to kind of uh, kind of point out you have written um, Urbantasm. That mm -hmm. is kind of uh, your latest book. You've got book one and book two, mm -hmm. right? Those are, those, are, those are finished. Yep. And um, what can you tell us about your writing process? process, Connor? Well, um, I, I mean, every writer that I've ever known, you know, no, no two, two processes are exactly the same. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think what it is for me is I'll get an idea in my head, and it, and it can be something, you know, it can be a mood, it can be okay. a song, it can be like some sort of a, yeah. a, a visual impression, but um, you get an idea that is exciting and compelling for some reason, and you just meditate on it on you know for a, for a really really long time just you know okay. what stories are are sort of embedded in in that moment and uh, you know for me that germination period can be can be really long oh. uh, it can it can run for for years okay um, but then when you actually sit down to write you know then when you're actually getting that paper down you just blast through it as quickly as you can you okay. you get it committed and then of course when that's done you spend sometimes years editing it. Uh, the editing process can take really long. Okay. But I believe in like having a, a, a really firm idea and then going for it and then taking as much time as you need to, to clean it up. For uh, for Urbantasm, mm -hmm. uh, book one and book two, and I know this is a four-part mm -hmm. series, correct? Yes. And, and for book one and book two particularly, could you tell us, because I know you've written uh, Atlas, you've written mm -hmm. short fiction stories um, and have a collection, but for this particular uh, book one, two, and then going into three and four, mm -hmm. um, as you mentioned, sometimes it takes a while to germinate. Yeah. What was this particular process like because this is such a this book is so 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 important yeah. it's close to your heart yeah this this one is kind of like the ultimate example of that yeah. uh, when I was when I was 16 17 years old uh, a lot of my my friends and, and and you know even even I were, were going through like a lot it was it yeah. was a really really dramatic time and uh, and I was also reading uh, Les Miserables by Victor Hugo okay. it, it was wow. sort of a, a shortened translation but um, okay okay but uh, but I thought well you know somebody should do this for Flint because you know everything that made the, that story that he was telling so uh, dramatic and memorable I saw present yeah and I didn't really realize kind of how ambitious of an undertaking that was so it it took me probably the next 18 19 years to wow. To get that wow. draft written, and wow. then it's taken another six years to to you know edit it and revise it and you know and 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 publish it. Yeah. Could you in in telling us and talking mm -hmm. about that the the Lehman's experience and what an incredible story that is, mm -hmm. and how how that captured you yeah. and you wanted to relate that into this this tale. Uh, 
urbanism, it is set in this urban community. It's set in a fictitious city fictitious. called Kawe, but right. it's but anybody who's familiar with Flint will right. recognize that it's based on Flint. It's based on Flint yeah. and and really your experiences here. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fantastic and book one and book two again are out. We'll talk more about uh, mm -hmm. how you process them. Um, how do you incorporate the feedback you've received in all of your writing combined? How do you incorporate the feedback in back into, into your process? I think so much of it has to do with attitude, and it okay. also has a great deal to do with finding... Um, Finding a community of writers and readers. Okay. Um, what what I, what I think uh, what I think is like sort of the, the first big leap. You know, is is you write you 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 maybe you're intimidated, but you write something, you commit it to paper or or screen, and, and you're excited because you've said it, and that takes a lot of courage. And I think once yes. people have that courage, the next step is to uh, learn a bit of humility. Oh, that's wonderful. The reason why we work with editors yeah. or a workshop group is because other readers will always see different things from our words and stories than we will see. Right. And they will notice things that we can't notice. And it, it you know, it, it's it's still, you know, I've I've pushed back against editors and I've pushed back yeah. against workshop. You know, you still have to be true to the vision of the thing, but ultimately you need to be willing to see what they see. And you can't make a story better if you're not willing to put yourself in their shoes as readers. Absolutely. You know, you saying that uh, I have tried my hand a, a, a few times mm -hmm. uh, with Kaiba Health and Life uh, publication magazine uh, to write uh, a, a few magazine articles. And, mm -hmm. and I have done so... Uh, it's very intimidating, mm -hmm. Connor. It's very intimidating, especially for someone like me who is a is is a closed door writer. Yeah. You know, I write a lot, but not to share, so mm -hmm. so to speak. And that vulnerability that you're talking about is so incredibly important to yes. be able to take uh, the editing process, the coaching process of yes. other people's perspectives. That's so important. So you put that, so, so when you get that feedback, you, you put that back into your writing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and, and sometimes I have to think about it. Sometimes I have to look yeah. at it from several different angles. Sometimes yeah. I, you know, I'll have an instinct and it'll get a lot of pushback and I'll ultimately come around and be like, well, you know, this was, this, this is what really important to me. I've got to stick with it. But right. there have been other times when I've maybe had a reaction against something defensively because I put a lot of work into yeah, it or sure. because it just really resonated with me. And, you know, a few days or even a week go by and I look back and I was like, you know, this scene really isn't doing anything for anyone but me. And that's uh, again, where that, that humility is, is, right. is, is one of the, you know, best tools you can acquire as a writer. That's so, so important. Thank you for sharing that because no it's like incredibly important. Um, some of the, some of the very surprising things you have learned mm -hmm. in your writing process, what's one of the most surprising things you've learned? Well, um, you get to a certain point and it's vocational and you yeah. look at writing is kind of infecting or associating with all of the other parts of your life. I, I think the number one thing, um, which is probably part writing and part aging, is that nobody is boring. There's not a boring human being yeah. on this planet. I love that. Everybody has these secret lives, these public lives, yeah. and these private lives, and they're yes. all there's all something to be mined in that. And, it, you know, I, I think as a writer, 
you know, I, I walk down the street and I'm buying a coffee or yeah. I'm, you know, like handing in some paperwork or something. And, and, you know, you find yourself asking, what is this person's story? And you might never learn it. But knowing that it's there, knowing that they have that story, you know, that that I think is, is fairly transformative. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said, people have, especially now with social media, what is what is one of the things as a writer, as a mm-hmm. pen to paper writer, what is uh, some of the pros and cons even that you've seen that social media, mm-hmm. Facebook, uh, Twitter um, has has developed for you some of those pros and cons well a lot of it a lot of it goes into marketing in straightforward okay. ways but but I, I also think it bleeds into to the way that art is is created and consumed and particularly writing um, partly because there's a lot more ways there are a lot more oh sort of like ways you can position your your work sure. before an audience sure. than yeah. you used to be able to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, and it really is like kind of a double-edged sword. On, on the one hand, there is more uh, writing out there um, than ever before. Right. More work is being published each year than probably was published in, you know, the first 500 years after the invention wow. of the printing press or something. Right. Um, right. So, so and, and people's attention is, is divided as it's ever been. Right. So getting people to sit down and, and take the time to read something um, that they might not have heard of two right. minutes before is is really, really difficult. Um, on the other hand, you're able to reach people um, that you've never been able to reach right. before. And and I think I, I had this this situation a few years ago where I noticed that that um, I think it was my first book was selling really well in Brazil. And wow. see, that's not information that ever would have been available to me in a non-digital age, right. you know, to, to see right. that, well, there's an audience here where I didn't even realize Absolutely. there was. So Isn't you're always incredible. yeah. So you're always trying to like kind of uh, manage the manage like the 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 incredible supply of information people have, but also to take advantage of that connection, that access. Now, in 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 speaking about uh, stories being published, mm-hmm. I know you know this firsthand very well because, as we said, you're the director of Gothic Funk Press, mm-hmm. which is an independent, Michigan's independent publishing company. Mm-hmm. So in talking about how a book gets published pen to paper from beginning to end, mm-hmm. there's so much that goes into it. Uh, tell us about what uh, this has been for you, because this is this is a rather new endeavor for you. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think the two, the, the, the split that's relatively recent is between traditional publishing yeah. and self-publishing. And they're... Okay. In between areas, there's you know hybrid publishing and such, but um, but mostly it, it falls down those two lines. And in the past, it was only uh, traditional publishing for yeah. for the vast majority of writers. So uh, so first, there's just the question of of you know preparing the manuscript itself, yeah. and that you know not only is is writing, but it's it's hopefully working with an editor and revising right. the piece as many times as you need. Um, and then when things split, they are they're complicated either way you go. If you go with traditional publishing, especially if you're looking at you know being a commercially successful writer, okay, um, then you have to get a literary agent and okay. work through more editors and acquisitions editors and so get picked up by a publishing house and there are many more steps. There are 17 steps, but wow. you know the flip side of all those steps is that it's uh, it's it's simplified in some way. Okay, you get to continue to have your focus be on the story and the way the editors are developing that with you, the way okay. your agent is developing sure. it. Uh, if you go with self-publishing, 
um, you, you have many fewer steps. Um, you have much more creative control over things that okay. you, would never, you would never have. Um, but then there are other obstacles too. Uh, you have to sure. wear many hats, and those hats are complicated. Cover design is complicated. Typesetting okay. is, is complicated. And, um, and truthfully, for, for myself, I don't try to be an expert in things that I don't know well. Okay. I always yeah. find some way to hire an editor okay. you know, at a competitive rate, uh, to hire a, a cover designer you know, to, to work with them. But, um, but the, you know, these are tasks that are complicated and that take years to master. And then the other barrier is, of course, when your book is out there, right. there are not the number of channels for distribution that are available for something that is traditionally published. Okay, okay. So when your book is out there, the marketing uh, part of it is a really hard thing to, to, to work around if you don't mm -hmm. have that experience or other people to help you. It, yeah. it's, still the, it, it's still publishers act as, as gatekeepers for yeah. the vast majority of books. So okay. take... You know, Urbantasm, for example, uh, some of the more successful work I've I've had with this has been entering it in contests, and okay. it's it's okay. won or placed in in three contests so far. Now, if it was traditionally published, there would be there would be dozens, if not hundreds, of of contests Cop. I could enter it into. Okay, being limited to contests that only only accept self published work, uh, okay, you've got a much much smaller pool, and okay. it's that way for. For libraries, it's that way. For okay. festivals, like anything, is always going to be more doors will be open to work that is traditionally published yeah. than that is self-published. That's so important. So for people out there, uh, because I know um, people will want to contact you for mm -hmm. more information going forward. We'll yes. give them that information in a bit. Um, but for people who do that, uh, what is your what is your suggestion? What how, how do you, what do you suggest for people to do first? Well, I think you have to ask yourself, what is the end goal of your mm -hmm. writing? Because it's not going to be the same answer for everybody. Um, you know, the, some cases are really cut and dried. Yeah. If you want to publish uh, commercial mysteries, if you want to be hired as a writing instructor at, at you know, a university and as, as a faculty or something, you really need to do traditional publishing. Okay. Uh, your your self-published work will not carry any traction on those applications. Um, and you really need those tools that a traditional press can offer you. Now, if you're writing for your own pleasure, if you have a book that you want to you know, distribute within your community and you know people within that community that yeah. are willing to promote it, even if it doesn't have those, those channels available, sure. then you know, go with self-publishing. You'll have your book out five times as fast. It won't take a decade and a half out of your life, and you'll have a lot more creative control. Right. Um, you know, for Bantasm, it's kind of an interesting case in the middle where it kind of, uh, it kind of like fell between, and it was hard to decide. I spent four years trying to go a traditional publishing route. Okay. I submitted it to two hundred agents. Um, a lot of them read the manuscript. A lot of them really liked the manuscript. It was too niche in terms of its genre. Okay. To be commercially viable in the sense that a publisher would be likely to pick it up. Okay. And they said you can change it in these ways to make it more commercially viable. And that wasn't something I was willing to do after right. 20 years of work. Right. So right. it kind of found its home in more of a self-publishing milieu. But um, but I had to go through that process. I would not have known that if I right. hadn't spent the, that time submitting it. Absolutely. 
thank you so much for that information. There are so many people out there, uh, especially now, like you said, the digital age mm -hmm. uh, for writers. Um, and so many people are, I know m many people personally who are thinking and considering and who have started their mm -hmm. own books, who have started their own manuscripts, who have started their own uh, process in that. This is such important information for anyone who's thinking of writing their own book. I, I personally think everyone should should write their mm -hmm. story. Yes. Uh, isn't that, like you said, everyone, everyone, no one's boring. Everyone has something exactly. to say. Uh, so for you personally, Connor, and all of this and in, in, in what you've went through, when did you first know you wanted to write to for, for, for a living as a purpose, mm -hmm. uh, to give that to people. And what has it done for you continuously over the years, kind of, um, uh, the process of it to keep you happy, to keep you mentally well, what has that done for you? Well, the, the, the first part, the first part is maybe sounds a little bit cynical. And the second part I, I, I think is, is, is Perfect. the opposite of cynical. Uh, I was in theater um, a lot in high school and yeah. in college, and even after college. And at some point, um, after you know directing a play that just went catastrophically, uh, I realized that I was not that much of a people person. Uh. Not 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 to that point. Like theater is very intensely collaborative, yes. and you have to be on all the time, and you have to be diplomatic, and uh, more more than I could could manage and stay sane. So okay. So I still wanted to do something creative. I'd been yeah. writing personally all that time and at that point writing seemed like a better a better fit for me personally for my personality than theater did so that was sort of when I shifted gears and I want to say that happened when I was like 20 25 26 okay so a little bit later for you yeah yeah a little yeah. bit later um in terms of what it has contributed I mean it's 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 not an easy lifestyle, and especially if you want to do it well, because yeah. it takes hours every day yeah. to master, you know, this craft. No matter what kind of writing you're doing, right. it, it, it right. takes hours a day, and you have to keep reading, and you have to, you know, keep involved. But, um, but I would say when uh, I would say when I have friends talk about when I have friends talk about yoga, when I have yeah. friends talk about the way they practice their faith sometimes, when I yes. have friends talk about, you know, jogging or running or other activities, you know, there are certain kinds of activities in life which give you a much richer experience of the world around you. Sure. So, yes. so look, like, like writing, uh, it's language. You know, it, it's language transcribed in a permanent form. Yes. And we all that. as human beings use language. It's something that's unique to our species. And we are all natural storytellers. That's how we learn to live in society. Yes. So in a way, writing, it's this very specific task of like sitting down with a word processor and typing something down and right. probably following a lot of conventions for what people expect. But it's also tapping into this very primal, you know, earthy experience of what it means to be a social creature in this world. Yes. And I think that it is very, for me, it's very spiritual. And that gives wow. it uh, a, a way of being nourishing even when, you know, the money isn't rolling in, the right. reviews aren't coming in, you know, you still get up in the morning and do it. And I think that's why. It gives you, it, it gives you something, uh, something beyond uh, that all, all encompassing. It gives Absolutely. you something beyond that. That is, uh, that's incredible. And, and we are privileged, this community is privileged and the state of Michigan's privileged to have you involved, uh, so heavily involved with writers um, and, and in the publishing world. Uh, you, 
are very involved with writers. You, you are a partner <laughs> uh, with the Flint Festival of Writers. Mm-hmm. There's some exciting information here. Yeah, so um, the Flint Festival of Writers is a, a newly minted nonprofit organization. Yes. Um, right. And uh, this comes on the tail of us having organized uh, three annual uh, festivals. The, yep. the first two years, we called it the Flint Literary Festival. This right. year, it was the Flint Festival of Writers, right. which was actually hosted right here at Ferris That's Wheel. correct. Yeah. And uh, the fourth one will be coming up in September. Okay. Um, and in addition, we've started uh, offering programming throughout the year. So just a couple days ago, we had uh, Leap Into Writing on, on Leap Year Day. Oh. And that was at uh, Totem Books. Yeah. Um, So, and basically, you know, the goal of that organization is uh, to bring Flint's literary communities together. Flint has a lot, lot of writers, and uh, lots of times we don't always connect as a community, and we want to make uh, more opportunities for people to get to know each other. So that's that's sort of the spirit behind uh, behind that organization. That's so great because you have, uh, like you said, with your your publication company, mm-hmm. you're able to bring people um, from Flint and the community and spread this out uh, statewide also. I know that with your publishing company, uh, you have recently published mm-hmm. a Canadian writer. Correct? Well, we're, we're, we're it's, uh, her book is going to be published on uh, May 28th. May 28th. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and uh, tell us about her. And then also if you have more information about uh, mm-hmm. Gothic uh, Funk Press, tell us Absolutely. about Absolutely. So for more information, if you go to gothicfunkpress.com, um, you'll find information on yep. all of the work that we've done over the years. Um, and in terms of the poet, um, the name of the book is A Girl Who Was His House. It's yeah. by the Canadian poet Sarah Jean Cron. Wonderful. Um, and she's just this brilliant, uh, uh, you know, experimental poet uh, writing. You know, she, she's very into to playing with language, to playing with the way mm-hmm. language is, raised, is is on the space, kind of like you're, you're, you're reading a story, but you're not taking any letter, any syllable okay. uh, for granted. And it's, it's, very, it's very political. It's very feminist. Yes. Um, it, it has a lot to do with like the way we sense the world and the way you know that we occupy it as thinking beings and yes. and how we change our environment and hopefully change it for the better. Um, I'm I'm really really excited about about I am this too. book. That's so. my love language. You just said feminist and uh, yeah. political and uh, you know just a, just a BA. Yeah, that's I, I I will definitely be reading that. Wonderful. Thank you for publishing that. Thank you for publishing oh. that and for. Uh, for for bringing up raising people up in in the way that you can, um, is there anything else you'd like to add in regards to urbantism? I know that urbantism.com, connorcoin.com, mm-hmm. um, that's the main way people can get a hold of you. And yeah. you're also on social media, so tell us the best ways people can get a hold of you. Uh, probably like uh, uh, those two websites. Yep. Um, I can be emailed connor at connorcoin.com. Okay. Um, I can be reached on Facebook, uh, Twitter. Uh, Instagram, you know, the usual stuff. Okay. If there's a writer from Flint called Connor Coyne, it's, it's me. It's you. <laughs> so I, I, I think I'm kind of easy to find. Somebody yeah. said, once said that it took them an hour, and I, I didn't know how it could have taken them that long, but um, maybe there's another Connor Coyne writing from Flint, but I, I don't know who he is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and actually, I just thought of one, one other thing real quick. Um, uh, I'm also the uh, facilitator for the Flint Teen Writers Workshop. Wonderful. It's a program through the uh, Flint Public Library. Wonderful. We meet every other Tuesday from 4.30 to 6 p.m. All year. Uh, 
during the academic year, during and then the we, academic we've got year. some programming during the summer, but it's okay. a little bit, it, it changes from year to year. Okay. And uh, every year we put together an anthology of uh, the students' writing. Wonderful. And so we've got, you know, 12, 13, 14-year-olds. They've got a publishing credit to their name. They can list this on their resume. They get to work on their, their, their fiction, their poetry for months and have it edited by their peers. And uh, it's got an ISBN number, and it's shelved at the library. That is great. So That's fantastic. I'm also happy to answer any questions. It's a free program, okay. and if you live in Genesee County and your teen or tween uh, loves writing, uh, you know we're always. We're always trying to bring more people into that program. That's that's great. They can get a hold of you again in those those ways. Mm-hmm. Urbantism.com, uh, ConnorCoin.com, ConnorCoin mm-hmm. throughout social media in, in Genesee County and in Flint. Google him. You'll be able to find some way some very way. quickly to get a hold of you. <laughs> Thank you so much for for being here, Connor. This is such important information, and I'm just I'm really proud of you, and I'm really proud that Thank you're you. part of this community. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much to our viewers and listeners. I am Lisa Metropolis for Kaiba Health and Life, a local imprint with a global impact. Until next time.